Welcome to the Inside Events Podcast, brought to you by SwapCard. There's no better time to have exclusive conversations with the industry professionals who are reshaping the events industry. We're bringing you inside knowledge from industry leaders. Let's get started with your host, Megan Powers. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inside Events Podcast by SwapCard. I'm your host, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, providing marketing strategy and execution to organizations looking to improve their brand and grow their visibility, leads, and sales. I am also a podcaster, and here I am hosting this wonderful show that I am being uh, knee-deep in the meetings and events industry for the better part of the last 20 years. This has been a, a super like lovely thing for me to be able to have a show that's totally dedicated to events. So um, I do want to say uh, we'd love feedback on the show. And if you have any questions or comments or you want to be a guest, you can find us on Twitter at The Event Profs. Um, and um, that is that channel. I also want to make an announcement. This is exciting. Um, SwapCard is hosting a online experience uh, coming up May 12th to 14th. It's called Evolve, which I think is perfect. Evolve, the virtual event for planners. We'll put the link in the show notes. It is going to be an immersive and digital event experience. You can watch and participate um, in industry roundtables, exchange and network with peers from all over the world, discover a new digital and modern event experience from home. Uh, there's going to be, you're going to be able to interact live with top-notch industry leaders, chat face-to-face, there's online roundtables, targeted meetings, AI-powered matchmaking, which is super awesome, um, and then fun games and competitions. Who doesn't love um, playing games and mixing things up? And the event's supported by MASH Media. The agenda, agenda is still being worked out, but um, some speakers are listed on the website, and the link to that, again, will be in the show notes. So here we are with my wonderful guests. And I am, um, I'm gonna introduce Swap Cards representative and try out my French. Good foi, did I get it? That's, yeah, yeah, that's exactly like that, good foi. <laughs> well done, hi Megan, hi Hi, de France, yeah, is that it? Yeah. Okay, um, and, and Kiki L'Italien, like that sounds <laughs> to me like a French name, but she's not French, right? That's a, your married name. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a little French there, okay. but yeah, yeah. Long story. We won't go into it. <laughs> and Kiki is the CEO. I'm going to read her whole bio, but just as a yeah, CEO and founder of Amplified Growth and Association Chat, which is a show you should be familiar with if you are not already. All right. I'm going to read their bios and then we'll dig in to this show, which is an emerging virtual event world, which is what we are all living in. Um, and so um, I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation and hopefully cover some things that maybe folks haven't heard just yet. I know we're all meeting online now, right? And um, so uh, this podcast, we always do this like this, um, but it seemed like the perfect opportunity to talk about these online um, experiences and how we can make them better. All right. So good for his job is to make the best customer experience for swap card customers. He's working in product management and design to bring great UX and the cool factor to the app. He graduated in business management and finance and learned code and web design on his own. He co-founded SwapCard, a networking platform for business events. 
He manages a great tech team of 15 awesome and talented developers. Um, and as I said, is in charge of product strategy, design and experience. He loves mobile tech and great UX and entrepreneurs. Me too. All right. <laughs> Kiki, she's founder and CEO of Amplified Growth and host of Association Chat. Amplified Growth is a DC-based digital marketing consultancy specializing in SEO, social media, and content strategy for associations and commercial clients. She's a creative, analytical, image and trust expert with over 20 years of experience in organizational positioning, reaching key audiences while driving revenue. And you have a kind of a newer role, right? Since, since the yes. fall, what do yes. you um, t t talk a little bit about that? So I am principal consultant with uh, Tecker International and Tecker International in the association space is the best, 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 best for strategy consulting for your leadership. I mean, they come in and do, I said, we come in and do an amazing job, but they have uh, something called the CEO Symposium that they have co-produced with ASAE for years. And now I get to be a part of that. And so that is a new role that I'm really, really excited about. I, I just, it's, uh, I think, we're going to be doing some exciting things together, and I'm hoping that people will recognize a little bit of the Kiki touch on some of the new things that are, are coming out for Tecker International moving forward. So, Fabulous. Well, welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks. So glad to be here. <laughs> um, Thank you very much. Of course. Um, thanks for co-founding SoftCard. Um, and we're going <laughs> to learn a little bit more about the platform today. Um, all right. But I have a question for both of you. Is this something this sort of just kind of a weird thing that I, that I was just thinking like the word virtual is kind of funny, right? Because to me, we're not virtually talking. We're actually talking online. Right. So I feel like and, and the de the def one of the definitions of virtual in the dictionary is temporary, simulated, or extended by computer software. So yes, we are speaking via computer software, but why not call them online events? Is it like just because virtual sounds fancier? So I just kind of want to get your both your quick take on your th thoughts of using the word virtual in instead of online. Um, Godfrey, you want to go first? Yeah, I think the, the two are the correct. And I, I like your idea of about uh, online events because virtual sometimes could mean could uh, mean that it's like fake or virtual artificial and online is really more more real. So I like I like your online term. And but yeah, in actually a lot of people are speaking with virtual events and not online events. So we're used to to, to use that word. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'll let Kiki answer and then I'll give my response. I, I think it's just because it has a V at the beginning of it. I think virtual, I think it just sounds cooler and that's maybe why uh, people go with it. Um, I don't, I think you're absolutely correct. I think that, you know, uh, it doesn't, it's not like we're having a fake conversation and we're virtually meeting. We're, we're talking about meeting online. And so, um, but I do think that people go with, with virtual because it just sounds cooler. My, my thing is, is I heard somebody call something cyber the other day. It was a cyber meeting. It was the only time I'd heard that recently. <laughs> and it kind of took me back to like hackers circa 1990 or something. And I thought, 
Wow, cyber. So at least it's not cyber meetings, right? Right. Well, I think because the term cybersecurity is still used. So maybe, maybe that's where someone pulled that from. But you're right. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little archaic. And I do think it's just because it's it does sound cooler. It is it's easier. Um, but yeah, but when you think about like especially with the emergence of virtual reality, like that is truly a fake experience, right? Or that's it's an an immersive experience. It's putting immersive. you in yeah. a different place. Yeah. Um this could also be called an immersive experience, um, depending on how well I do hosting <laughs> the show. But <laughs> all right. Okay, so um, all right, today is, and I didn't mention, I mean, I know this you will be hearing this later, but we are recording this on Global Meetings Industry Day. Um, a day, yeah, um, where whether we're online or in person, acknowledging it is super important because what we do is very important whether we are doing it online or whether we're doing it face-to-face, -face, we will get face-to-face -face again. Um, but I, uh, there was a state of the industry, MPI is doing an all-day marathon, 12 hours of content. It's pretty incredible, actually. And um, the state of the industry um, was just on, and there was a gentleman named Jason Dunn. He's with the Cincinnati CVB. And he said, associations are mission-driven, not profit-driven when talking about the fact that associations are required, they are by their bylaws, by and large, right, required to meet annually. So how that works, whether it's in, in person or, or, or online, depending on the circumstances, right, um, is, is, in, is in question and Kiki, with associations being your jam, so to speak. What are you hearing in the association world in terms of pivoting? And I will say I have come to dislike this word pivot very much through all of this oh, but I mean sometimes there's no better word <laughs> so um how how are they handling pivoting to the online format um right now you're really seeing the gamut as far as where associations stand uh in their role with their meetings um a lot of people you know there are stories and I was just talking to someone today who he they were they were they had landed they were getting ready to hold their in-person conference when they discovered that it was not going to open for the rest of their attendees i mean talk about like right up to the moment of opening the doors their exhibitors were already setting up you know like it was already in in motion and they had to they it was everything stopped right so right now you have association executives who were in that situation, association executives who had just had their big meeting and now have a little bit of time before planning for whatever is next to come. And then you have association executives who are, um, they have a decision to make and it's coming very quickly. And so unlike uh, previous times when someone, you know, suggested that maybe you explore hybrid meetings or virtual meetings, and there was this idea that, well, maybe in a year, maybe in a, right now, association executives are scrambling to deal with all of these situations and to figure out what they need to know and to, and to know it quickly enough to make these decisions. And unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, there are a lot of good solutions, right? We have the ability to offer these these different tools. Unfortunately, uh, time is just, you know, people already feel like they don't have enough time to go through every demo, 
to go through all of the email that they've been getting, all of the, the information they've been getting. So what, what association executives are telling me is, and, and what I've seen actually in my own inbox, is that they're inundated with great information that they don't have time to go through. And so they're trying to call out the information that they can use and they're trying to learn from their peers who and their colleagues who have gone through this so that they can find out, okay, this person has a similar, similarly sized meeting, it's the same type of meeting I have, what did they use? What have they done? How did they vet their choice? And they're making selections for in the near term before they make their selections for the long term, because I think that they're they're already thinking uh, down the road if this is something that they're having to contend with in 2021, you know what is that going to look like? So there there is there's so much conversation happening around this right now in the association space. If you know associations, every association meets, every association has meetings. So this is the big issue right now for associations. Yeah, no question. Unlike corporations that can not can decide to just not have their national sales meeting or whatever. Um, yeah, that's a different thing because they have to vote. They have to convene in order to um, to make decisions about the organization, all that kind of stuff. So um, interesting. Um, and Swap Cards app is intended to help people connect at, at physical events. Like that's how it was originally um, developed. So could this also work for virtual events? Yeah, it, it has been developed for that, but it's, also, it's still for that. And I hope physical events will, will still happen in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to phrase that. I didn't mean to phrase that in a negative way. I apologize. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, so yeah, for, for many for, for many years, no, the goal of Swap Card is to help event organizers to improve their attendees and exhibitor experience thanks to the digital. So as our platform already helps physical events to boost interaction between participants, to provide an online experience, even for physical events, because they connect before the show and they prepare uh, the, the, the event, they, 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 they connect to the people, they chat with them, they request meetings to exhibitor even before. So they only have this online experience before. So in fact, and even after they continue this virtual or this online meeting that for people they meet physically. So for virtual events, it's exactly the same, except that the part uh, of the event is, uh, is also from home. <laughs> but all the experience is on the platform, not only before and after, but the whole experience at the event is on the platform online. Gotcha, all right, cool. Well, I so I also uh, attended the uh, GMID goes virtual attempt at a Guinness world record for the most <laughs> amount of people online uh, this morning. And they did live polling during it. And um, one of the questions was, how will live events change after the crisis is over? And 7,022 people answered this question, which is remarkable, right? Like instant research. Um, and that 62% said most events will become hybrid. Uh, 13, 17% said there will be a greater demand for virtual, 13% said greater demand for live events, and 8% said unchanged or the same as before. And when you think about 7,000 people answering, those are pretty significant numbers um, for, um, and, and uh, obviously hybrid being, being the, big, um, the big one there. So I've actually been surprised, and Kiki, when you were talking, I, I thought back to 
like what feels now like the olden days <laughs> when PCMA used to, they used to do hybrid. Like it mm -hmm. used to be, you could be at home experiencing it or be in, in, in person. And there had been some hesitation on, oh, well, if you provide it online, then people won't go, which we know now to be false. false. Um, but also it created this other really cool experience for those people who were online because it was like an event within the event. They were talking to each other in a way that they wouldn't have talked to each other probably if they were in the same room. So it's neat when technology can provide that. But I don't know where it happened to hybrid events. Like they just kind of went away. So guess what? If they hadn't gone away, everyone wouldn't be caught on their heels right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone mm -hmm. would have an alternative. Like, okay, so now we can't meet in person. So now we just put it all online and you don't have to start from scratch and learning. So all that, to, all that to say, it's too late now for most of these, I mean, to be in this position that they're in, they're, they're, they're behind, but you know, everyone can, can learn moving forward. So um, do you think that this moving online would cause a hybrid model to be permanent or do you think, do you think it'll be temporary? Like what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, my personal opinion is that I do think that people, any, any good planner would be looking at this and saying, if it could happen now, it could happen again. And I think especially right now when we are still living in the uncertainties of not understanding about second and third waves and, you know, is this something that we're going to have a vaccine for in 18 months from now? Um, what are what are the realities that we're going to be living with? And hey, you know, we're talking right now about uh, COVID-19. We're talking about this, this current pandemic, but certainly there are other situations which uh, also are cause for concern, like climate change, like, you know, there are also other types of diseases in the world, by the way, that could take off at any time. It's not like we're one and done here. So, so I think that this is a good opportunity, a good learning moment for everyone to say, yeah, we have the technology in place uh, in a way that we haven't before. And there is no good reason not to be prepared with offering these additional elements to any kind of meeting that we're having. I think it's only good planning. And I also think that it was always good planning. I think that when we saw the studies come back that showed that when you had a hybrid uh, model and you had those meetings and it did not cannibalize your people meeting in person, if people can meet in person, they will, you know? So I think once we saw that, it really, you know, took away any kind of argument against offering that because you're only really expanding the opportunity for more people for whatever reason to participate in your event or meeting. Right. Yeah. I think the only, the only thing that I can think of is budget, why it went away. Cause it was, I mean, it's not cheap to have a, cause you kind of have to have a second crew or, or, you know, a supplement to your crew to handle that piece of it. It takes bandwidth. Obviously we know internet's super expensive and that hasn't changed. Um, so interesting. It's true, but yeah. I would, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'll go ahead and put it out there. And I, I, please know that I'm not speaking on behalf of any other organization because I'm sure that I have some, uh, colleagues of mine that would maybe disagree and argue with me now. But, um, I would say that, you know, 
looking at the environment every time you're doing a transatlantic flight you know people were already looking at the impact of of this massive amount of travel that we do and asking is it really worth it is it worth it for all of the meetings that we're attending i used to send out newsletters where i mean I won't, not even I used to send out newsletters for a period of time where most of the responses that came back were out of office because everyone I know was always traveling. But it's um, for the majority of the time I have had this huge amount of these out of office emails that come back from anything I send out. And when this, when this took place, it's become just this little teeny tiny, I'm sure you can appreciate it, tiny response of like five people who, like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but, but it's, um, that's all to say that now that people are seeing that business can be conducted this way, the argument for not offering this for those people who can't travel, for those people I've been hearing people who have um, who are challenged with mobility issues who have for years said that they've been looking for answers for how they can participate in meetings and they didn't have any way to participate in them. And now they're saying finally people are looking at accessibility issues and inclusivity in that way. And I think good. I think yeah. it's good that finally there those needs are going to be addressed. All Excellent points. Yeah, accessibility. That is a huge, huge thing that I had um, really thought about uh, in, in terms of this experience. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay, so uh, and, and it's so funny because I had it and now I lost it. Godfrey. Uh, Godfrey. <laughs> um, so uh, Swapcard now has a way to do online events on the app. So can you talk about that addition that you guys have made? Yeah, so as, as, as I said, we already, the experience before the show and after the show is almost the same, but of course, for the for the during event time, time, we would like to adapt to virtual events. So mostly uh, it has been related to the video. Um, so firstly, we allow the participants who book meeting in the app uh, that could make this meeting through video meetings directly in the app, completely embedded. And and also that's one to one. That you're talking about one to one meetings, right? Yeah, this is one to one meeting. Yeah, but you're that you already pre-booked in the app. And normally these meetings happen physically during the event, but not that happens during the event, but uh, one to one meeting uh, on on the video. And we have extended this feature also to to allow any participant to make a video meeting in the app at any moment, so you can launch a call and then people can just answer you. Uh, secondly, we have integrated the most uh, popular streaming providers. Uh, to broadcast the virtual sessions. And then we have added our uh, audience response features in order to allow participants uh, that are watching the stream to chat with uh, between uh, themselves, to ask questions to speakers, to upvote to these questions, so then speakers can quickly see the most upvoted questions and answer to it. And then they can also reply to polls and or quiz. And this is really cool for, for the engagement of each attendees. So um, this uh, audience response feature was already existing because it's the feature you are using also for physical sessions. But here you just have it side on the screen and on the left you have the, you have the screen video and you can interact, ask questions and reply to pull directly on the same screen. So it's really useful and it engage, engage the, the person. That's also, awesome. Also a cool, really cool, nice feature that we have introduced is like 
to re reproduce kind of the Netflix experience. Like, I mean, when you are on a virtual sessions, then we want that at the end of the session, you are automatically redirected to the next sessions, like, like, at, like at the end of your episode. So then you are automatically redirected to the next one because the thing we want is like people stay active and stay engaged because the more, the biggest challenge for virtual events uh, is the, the downtime. We should not have downtime. So it's for this, this kind of small feature that we have implemented to, to, to keep people active and engaged uh, into the platform, into the events to continue networking. And finally, as at Swapcard, our, our differentiating factor and our core value is to match the audience uh, between the, the, the other people, with those other people and with the, 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 the relevant content. So we have improved the platform to suggest to the person that you should meet but uh, like you are watching a stream and you suggest you, we suggest you the, the, the person that are watching the same stream than you, oh, that cool. match yours. And so we just want to, to, to engage you with a big button connect and because we want you to start a chat with this person. Uh, also when you are visiting the list of the exhibitors or the virtual booth, so we suggest you the exhibitor and we want you to chat directly with these exhibitors and the exhibitor will be able to to, to reply to you, send you files, um, says brochure through this chat. So it was really interesting in the product to seek about how to reproduce this physical experience and the, the easy experience that you have at the event that you want to meet a company and just go to booth and ask to sales representative and start to talk. And we really want we to, re to, to reproduce, reproduce this experience also on the platform and for this that yeah, we, we have added all these really cool features that, that make the, the, the experience for virtual events really similar to the physical events and even more because you can reach all people, all exhibitors in a really short time period. Yeah, so I, the AI matchmaking I think is just super cool and, the, and being able to do that during a session is awesome because I, like I was saying, I was just, I was watching the MPI GMID thing and I, there was no way to, well, someone direct messaged me and a thing popped up. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know. I couldn't tell how to do that. And I wanted to reply to someone in the chat and there wasn't even a way to like at reply to them. So that's a fault within the system, but also being able to pull people while a session is going, not just to get feedback for the, for the presenter, but to get feedback for your conference as a whole. That way you're like kind of doing your survey, your whole conference survey as you go. I love that. That's amazing. Kiki, how does that all sound? Oh my gosh. I was over <laughs> here. I'm like, I'm making, making notes. notes I saw. I'm making notes <laughs> because I'm like, I, uh, so one of the things that a lot of association executives are looking for, they're looking for answers that make sense on the one-on-one -on -one, on -one meetings, you know, how, how, what's the best way to do that. Um, I love this idea of, uh, you know, not having downtime and offering something where there's like this interaction because, because it is hard to have that engagement. And one of the big concerns, and I've, I, even within tech or international, when we've been looking at a program, uh, doing a virtual, uh, program, the question has been, should we reduce the content so that it's these bite-sized elements and spread it out over time where you can, you know, you can have somebody log in and they're they're able to sit down for a limited amount of time and consume it, but it's like a series. 
versus having them sit down in one day and go through the whole day because is a, a harder leap, a harder commitment to make asking them to log in over and over again versus committing to one day, like which is best, what should you do? And I've heard people on argue, you know, on both sides. So that's my question, actually. What do you think? In between having only one day, all everything condensed or several days, it really depends of your event. It depends all the content, all the, the session that you plan, etc. And so if, if your event is really rich and you have a lot of, of stickers, a lot of sessions, and that you, you want your event be available like in several time zones, so then you have to, to make your events on several days. Or, but, uh, but yeah, the main challenge, as I said, is to don't have downtime. So it should be concentrated as much, but it could be concentrated like six hours on, on, on three days, for instance. Mm -hmm. the thing that i think it's not a good idea is to have yeah uh five days event spread 12 out. hours and yeah. really, really spread out because people will log out go, go on they'll just choose not to come else. back yeah, yeah yeah it's interesting it's really you know because people are they're like can i get someone to sit down and pay attention to this for this amount of time. And when we look at the traditional webinar software that's out there, that's not built for that. Like that's not, that's not usually the way that it's been created to be like a full long day of just one thing after another. So having that interactive part, having these features where you're able to, you know, break out and talk to people or do something different is so important. I think it's just so important. Yeah, yeah, it's really important that in the in the schedule that um, there is some sessions and then you can plan 30 minutes or 45 minutes of breakout networking and then ask people to exchange and then you go back to another session and then at the end of the session, as I said, you go directly to the next session and if there is several sessions, we will suggest you according to your profile and your, our recommendation system, to, to you will be, be automatically redirected to the session that match your profile. That That's I think exciting. is gold. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to ask the question that everyone was asking all day today. And I know that this is the question that every presenter gets when they're 15 minutes into their presentation. How do I get the slides? How do I get this presentation? <laughs> um, so is there a way, a seamless way in the app to get the, uh, the materials that the presenter has, um, has shown? So could you just repeat the question? Is there a way for the attendees to get the presentation materials that the speaker has uh, has used you know their slides yeah, yeah of course so th there is there is two ways so the the the, the speakers can can as, as when he's speaking he can uh, show the slides according to to his speech and then uh, on the on the app there is other documents that the speakers and the organizer can provide so then you can download even after this show awesome. so yeah of course yeah yeah yeah, because everyone always wants it later. And now what I've been doing, I've been screenshotting, as I've shared with you guys, the, I, I just screenshot, I'm like, oh, that's great data, screenshot, you know, um, but that's me. Um, for being yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, um, that, that, that's a really cool feature and a really cool important feature also on that is like the organizer and the speaker and sometimes even the sponsor can know who has downloaded these slides, et cetera, et cetera. So those are really, really good data that you can learn from it and to, to know what kind of people is interested in which topics. I love it. 
Well, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. I want to interrupt. So wait. Yeah. So there's a feature where you can capture, and, and it tells you in the analytics later who was, oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Oh, wow. But we help event organizers to know everything about their events, what their attendees does, what they, they did about, uh, uh, so you can, then you can, we provide some, a lot of important data for the organizer to learn from his events. To learn to how to, to to improve it for the next for the next edition, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this data we are tracking a lot of, of data and for the organizer and because it really helps him to understand the event, his own event and how people are reacting in the event. That's very cool. <laughs> well, and my one of my favorite things already about your app is the is the AI matchmaking from from the perspective of someone who for my clients has had the task of going through the app to figure out who's who, who to, to manually figure out who to, who we should connect with and try to get to the booth. I already think that's cool. So the fact that that'll happen, like while you're, while you're in a session with someone that you could message them, I think that's, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. Okay. So Kiki, um, this next question is for you, but I also want to share this second um, slide that I, that I captured from the, virtual session this afternoon. Uh, the question was, of your previously planned live events, planned live events for 2020, what portion has gone virtual or online? Um, and 5,900 people answered this question. 45% people said a small portion, plus or minus 25% is the thing, whatever. So 34% uh, said none, 11% said around half, and 8% said most, 3% said all which is interesting because I think everyone is just, you know, is hoping that we're going to be back in business. Some people think June, you know, we'll see what happens. If you listen to this later into this, you can say, you're going to see whether we're, I, my personal take is it won't be before September. And, and if not for any other reason, then even if we're given the green light, the perception of there still being an issue or there still being a problem um, will be enough to keep people home. And so mm -hmm. it might not be financially viable for you to actually hold the event. I mean, and that's really, we talked about the um, Mobile World Congress um, on, the, on the last episode and was really at the beginning of all that, it was the first major show to cancel. And we were sort of talking about the implications of that. And really the, the they didn't really, cancel it because of their perception of the pandemic being spread more, they canceled it because all of their major exhibitors pulled out because right. their corporation said no travel. Right. Um, so um, obviously we've come a long way. It, it's an hour by hour situation, right? Um, but we have definitely come a long way in the month or the two months. That was February 4th. We recorded that on Valentine's Day, actually exactly two months ago. Wow. So all that to say, 45% say a small portion. So, so what's your what's your take on the on the on when for associations and or what are you hearing? Oh wow! So, uh, of course, this is conjecture, of course. Right. But uh, you know, I hear a lot of associations wistfully looking to the fall. Um, like that is going to be the time when people are traveling again. Personally, I, I don't even know that that's going to be the case uh, because of all the reasons that you just mentioned. Um, and also because, I mean, even if we didn't have to worry about the, the second wave, 
we do have to worry about the economic fallout from uh, what's happening with people and their jobs now and the fact that people won't feel they won't feel confident enough to be traveling like they did before and so i think it's going to slow things down a little bit more than anybody really wants and i i personally don't think i wouldn't even I, for 2020 i don't think that it's it's even on the map for that i think that we would be looking at maybe fall of 2021 the president of ASAE, whose name I did not write down, um, but she's in she, Robertson. Yeah, yeah, she was on that on that state of the industry, and and her perspective was uh, associations usually uh, have a delayed uh, reaction to things like this it, because they are then not seeing renews and membership dues, mm -hmm. and um, people who are affected um, in their organizations are. It's all. It, it's kind of like kind of got a, um, a delayed effect. So, um, so you definitely think through the end of the year and then, and then through probably th based on what she said, probably through 2021, 20, not that they won't meet, but that it'll, that'll definitely budgets will have to be scaled and they'll, they'll kind of take a hit and they'll, they'll need to make it hybrid. They'll need to use an app like, like Swapcard in order to provide their attendees with like the best possible experience um, if they can't be there. I complete. Yeah, that's exactly, that's what I think. And I think we're lucky if we see uh, at, toward the end of 2021 where things are picking back up. It's hard to say because the, the ripple effect of what's happening um, in the economy and how everything from the supply chains, how all of these things have been impacted and the way that we're going to put the pieces back together remains to be seen. And uh, I do think that associations, this is a critical time for associations because associations were formed for people to come together to do something. Right. And so this is me getting on my, my soapbox and you know, I like my soapbox, but, <sighs> but uh, this, is, this, is, this is the magic hour for associations. You know, for years and years, people, the question has been, are associations still relevant? You know, when we have for-profit, entities that get together and offer education and they offer meetings and they offer all of these different things. This is exactly why associations were created right now. This is the moment. And so uh, I hope for the association industry that our association leaders come together and that they identify, yes, they create hybrid and virtual opportunities for people to get together because the important work of putting together our society and the way that all of our industries are working together comes back to how easily we're able to talk, communicate, and figure these solutions out together, period, full stop. And so uh, this is the time. This is the time for this to happen. And uh, I think that while many in the industry are hoping and praying and maybe living in a world where they dream that they wake up and that this fall we're all meeting and having our conferences like we usually do. Um, I just don't see that that's the way that things are going to fall out. And I look forward to the moment when everyone picks up, picks up that role that, that they are meant to play and bringing people together in the, any way that they can, the best way that they can so that these problems get solved. Wow. Yeah, that's a 
that's a strong take. I know I appreciate it. Um, I, I do think that um, we're all just kind of like hoping, but um, did you hear that Microsoft canceled all of their events through July of 2021? So, mm -hmm. or in person anyway, they didn't can cancel or, you know, they're not meeting in person until 2021, which is, is significant. Like that's a huge corporation that meets a lot. Um, yeah. So, um, all right. So we are um, kind of getting close. We have a few, a few more questions. Uh, Godfrey, do you, do you think that physical events that are used to having an event app or some sort of digital solution, um, do you think that they have an advantage to now pivoting to 100% virtual? I mean, because believe it or not, apparently some people still aren't using apps at their events, which blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely people who are used to have a digital solution, it's, it will really help uh, to go to fully virtual. Firstly, because they're used to have their content published digitally in the app, the agenda, the exhibitor list. And also because the audience already knows that tools and already knows how to use it uh, to prepare the, the event. So yeah, in fact, event organizers don't, don't think that virtual event is really complex to organize, but most of the time they already have half of the work that is already done. They already, when, they, when you have already all the platform, all the event app with all your content, people onboarding on, on, the, on the platform, then you have only one foot uh, inside, uh, inside it. So you just have to have 50% of the work to then make the event uh, fully virtual. So it's, it's exactly what we say to our client to say, we, you already invest, bought an event app, so you are really close to, to, to pivot to, to virtual events. Uh, and you don't have to worry about the technologies and event about um, how the speaker will be onboarded because this we, we, we also have great project manager that that onboard speakers, onboard the exhibitor and, and attendees to explain them how it works. So definitely it's an advantage. Yeah, well, and then when they go to meet in person also, then they have the online as part of it. It's already set up. So, and then, you're, and then it's just a matter of making sure that you have the camera feeds from within the sessions to, you know, because a camera feed like this is quite different yeah. than a camera feed in a, in a live room. So um, I love that. Okay, so I want to finish off with, uh, an, a, a rosy, sunny, fun, I mean, other than the fact that having a solution like that is amazing, um, which is awesome. Um, but I want to know what's the most important piece of technology that's made your life more pleasant since we, now Kiki and I already work from home. So this, this adjustment for us has been like, well, I don't have a child that I have to get educated at the same time as I work a full day or anything <laughs> like Kiki does, but, um, and her online dance classes and all that good stuff, I'm sure. Um, what, what's a piece of technology that's made your life more pleasant since, um, since all this ha has started? Godfrey, you want to go first? Or if there's a gadget or app or something you've discovered through this that, that you now are excited about? Um, yeah, mostly the, um, in, in fact, with family and friends, we, we, we are planning to an apps for, for we're making, it's a, it's a quiz app that you can, that, so you, you have the video, so you can, as a video meeting, so you can meet your friends and families, but plus you can have some quiz and you can, so it's, it's hiding like some, some, uh, some uh, gamification in our, in our family or, 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 or event meetings, uh, during, uh, during the evenings. And it's, it's really cool because it's, it's. It's not only the videos and you are speaking about your day, but as our days are not so funny. Right. It's really <laughs> in that period. 
uh, it's a, it's a really cool way that I discovered and, and it's, it's yeah so I, oh. I used to make it with my family and friends I love that you'll and have to cool. share share that with me so I can include it in the show notes I've been playing cards against humanity um, online, um, which is you have to have your own deck, but it's pretty fun. Um, and then, but I have had those ones where it's just friends and we're just kind of like, you kind of run out, you, you don't want to just talk about this, that what's going on with all of this, yeah. and, you know, and doomsday or whatever. So I have a trivia game. Um, it's a eighties TV trivia, um, that I, I pulled out. I have like, I have a book of questions that I pulled out, like, and I just like, and I told someone, just give me a number and I just picked a page or picked, picked a yeah. question, um, which is kind of fun, but I like the idea of that and having it be on the, on the um, screen and, and, and interactive. Very cool. Yeah. Kiki, what about you? Oh, I'm going to disappoint you. I think I um, never, I think that for this, I, I've actually been going in the opposite direction from tech and I'm appreciating tech, but because I'm online so much now, even more than I was before, right. I'm like, I, I'm actually doing things that I probably should have done before, but really appreciating, like I'm reading more, I'm like, like of books, books, like, like real books that you open. <laughs> that she has color coded on her bookshelf. I, I read a lot of books anyway, but when I'm, it's like, it's not even, they're not even business books. They're like, I'm going and getting into reading more fiction again. I'm like, I guess if I had to choose a technology, you know, an app or something that I was using more, um, but it, it, it's the farmer's almanac for when you plant stuff. So because uh, I've been going out in my garden and I've been gardening more, you know, like, and so it's really, oh, I lost my, I lost my uh, earbud. It's actually been really strange because I haven't been embracing more technology. I've just been using it to do stuff that I do offline, you know, right. Like, when should I plant carrots versus zinnias? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. No, that's awesome. I wish I had a garden. Give me an excuse to get outside more. Although, you know, I live in San Diego and it's been raining so much. California is disappointing through all this. Like at least let the sun come out and give me some, you know, something to. It's really on. crazy. It's like, I, I don't know. This is such a bizarre time because like I, I can't get over this unique pause that we're in it's just like a pause and right. and so all of this work continues and i'm super busy it sounds like you know we're all really busy doing our stuff but it's like we have this pause because we can't go and travel and do the things that we were doing before and in that time what are we discovering and i just think it's so incredible and i I think that when we come out of it, we'll be forever changed. And I, I hope that that's for the better, you know? Right. So fun yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. I've been coloring a lot. So I've You've been a, coloring? A, yeah. Adult coloring books. I was given one after my mom passed away and it was, it's really soothing. It's very much like gets you in the, you're just like, get out of your head and into that, whatever that design is. Um, yeah. So I have been coloring my butt off. So, oh my god! And taking pictures on my walks, and so I'm gonna have this and doing my nails. So I'm gonna and have like your this, nails. <laughs> I've been having this. I'm gonna have this series of photographs of like of nails and walks and and coloring. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I hope you, I hope you share your coloring with me online. I think that I, well, I've been putting it on my Instagram story, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll, uh, yeah. Well, you know what we haven't done? The technology we're missing you guys is like, and I know that they have it, but we have not looked at group karaoke online. I mean, well, I'm, I like, seriously, I feel like that, anywhere. that should be the answer. I just I mean, haven't been doing it. Two turntables and a microphone, and I'm, I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> the older folks listening to this will, will get yeah. that, <laughs> that 80s rap reference. All right. <laughs> and on that, we will. Um, I want to thank you both so much for being here. This is um, such an important conversation to have. Online experiences are valuable, just as face to face are valuable. Um, another thing that I did a word cloud on one of the video calls I was on today and the word that that came up the most but it didn't show the biggest because it was written in variations was hugs people want to hug their mom they want to hug yeah. their friends they want to hug their you know like so hugs hugs are something you can't do online although I send you both a big virtual hug um Aww. right now and um we'll see you online through all of this and then in person when we can this has been episode nine of the Inside Events podcast by Swapcard, and we will catch you next time. Tweet at us with the hashtag Inside Events, and be sure to subscribe to get each episode as they drop.